we did mostly open houses. It's cheap, it's free, and you can build up your skills and meet a lot of people. Since we didn't know anyone, we were able to, I mean, we were doing six to eight open houses every weekend between the two of us. Were you guys going to other agents and saying, hey, can I host your open house? Yes. Everybody watching this, like, it's one of the, it's one of the most simple things to really go out there and help grow your network because yep. you build a relationship with that agent mm-hmm. and most are so afraid to do this and it's crazy inexpensive. And nobody wants to do open houses. So we were like, okay, we'll do all the open houses in our brokerage. And at the time, the broker that we were at, they were the number one in the area. Okay. And they had anywhere between 40 and 50 listings. So we were like, we'll do as many as you allow us to do. We even did some on Thursdays, some Fridays. It didn't matter. We were just trying to get people into our database, meet people, connect, also learn the area because we're new to Gainesville. And so it kind of forced us out into the community. And we knew that if we can get connected and talk to someone, we could probably sell them something within six months. Jack Lair down Lair's Lair Lair podcast. So excited to have my guest today. His name is Paul Curlings. He's from the great state of Florida. Welcome, Paul. Thank you, Jack. Yeah, Gator Nation, right here, right Gator in Central Nation, Kingdom. baby. So <laughs> I think I saw something up on your wall. There might have been a very, very popular Gator. Oh, well, there's a big Gator there's, there. There's a legit Gator here. <laughs> yeah, and then there's another Gator. Uh, there you go. Uh, looks like a little Tebow action there, right? Yeah, 2008, I believe. Yeah. Number 15. Uh, great stuff. Well, I appreciate you joining me today, Paul. And what part of Florida are you located? Gainesville, Florida, right there. You're right. You, so you're right there in Gator Nation. Yep. Right there. Wow. That's that's awesome stuff. So you're down in um, in Gainesville, Florida, and uh, there's, there's somebody that's like a, a big part of your business. And she's not here with us today, Dag Burnett. <laughs> no, no, no. She's she had to put out a few fires and help a a, a client out, um, and uh, so she's taking care of that. And she's like, "You got this." So I'm here. Well, since you didn't mention her name, her name is Melissa, I believe. Correct? Melissa Curlings. That's my wife. That's she right. Got married about a, a year ago. So <laughs> they got married about a year ago, and I got to tell everybody out there, um, I followed their social media and we'll talk about our origin story, like how we met, but what was pretty cool was watching the social media and they took the longest honeymoon that I've ever, ever seen. How long was that Dagburn honeymoon? So we got married in April and about two weeks later, we took off. We, we literally bought the camper right after we got married, took off in this little teardrop and we were gone for about three months. A three months vacation. Where all did you go? So we did all the border states in the U.S. And when we got to Washington, we flew from Washington to Alaska. Um, during that time, you know, there was a lot of uh, uh, issues with like COVID and stuff. So we were going to take our camper through Canada, but then we were like, oh, that's too much going on. So we just flew to Alaska. Okay. So you spent three months on yeah. the road is really the beginning of the uh, <laughs> of your marriage. So like. Is the honeymoon over? Personally, I don't think it is. I okay. mean, <laughs> no, we, I mean, we have a trip 
we're gone almost all of July and half of August too. So we usually do a, a trip that's usually about two to three weeks uh, ever since we started dating seven years ago. And um, now we have family that we go and visit. They have their family vacation. So we go and see them. So we end up being gone for about a month, usually about every year. That's incredible. And so you and Melissa have, um, you guys started a team. Yeah. So I got into real estate seven years ago and uh, I was so green. I had no idea what I was doing. I was like, oh, this is cool. I'm going to try this, try that. And, uh, you know, my first year, Melissa supported me. She was still finishing college at the time at UF. And uh, she was just like, just keep going, keep going. At the end of my first year, I sold nine homes, okay. made a whopping $13,000. I was so excited. <laughs> and um, at the end of that year, I started following some uh, coaches out there and trying to figure out what's the right way to make more money and to do better. And going into my second year, Melissa graduated school and then she joins me and she's like, hey, you have this team called Primetime Team. I get what you're trying to do, but no one knows what that is. And so she's like, hey, let's make it more personable. Let's call it the Curlings Group. And right when we did that, everyone started recognizing the Curlings because of our social media. And from there, we just exploded. So it started out as prime time. This is kind of interesting because I think um, prime time might have paid, played for a competitor. You know, what oh, I'm really? No. Okay. Well, <laughs> anyway, um, I'm, so, ter- I'm terrible with sports and everything like that. So when you said that was team uh, Tim Tebow, I was like, uh, yeah, definitely. Okay. I'm a- <laughs> okay very good. Um, so the curlings group began. Okay. So Melissa graduated and then did she get her license? Yeah, so she, this is her first career. I mean, she did serving while she was in school, but this is her first legit career out of school. Okay. And she got her license within, well, she did, she waited a little bit. She was like, oh, I'm going to study so much. And then my broker at the time was like, you need to just take your test. Stop studying, go take the test. She passed and right out of college, she was starting to sell real estate. Nice, nice. So that started seven years ago. What was the one you started in, in the business? Yep. And you sold a whopping nine homes, which in most brokerages, you're a rock star at nine homes a year. Um, yeah, typically. Uh, a lot of, okay. A lot of the homes. So out of the nine, I think maybe two or, or three are rentals. So six homes I sold legit. So okay. about 900,000 in uh, gross volume. Okay. So that was the volume. And then were you on a team or you were an individual agent at that point? I was an individual agent trying to learn the ropes myself. Okay. So then you started looking out, looking out there and saying, oh my gosh, like there's some coaches and what have you. Um, and then like full disclosure, we, we met each other through a common coach within the Tom Ferry network, correct? Yeah. So we, we met through uh, a coach we have in uh, Tom Ferry, but I actually saw a podcast you were on, on a different coach on YouTube. And uh, that's when I was like, man, this guy, Jack, he's in my neck of the woods up North that I've been to in PA. And then I was like, I, I was amazed on how you ran your team at the time. And so that always stuck with me. And then when I found out you were in our same coaching network later on, I was like, dude, I have to meet this guy. <laughs> I see. I didn't even know this story. This is like uh, blowing me away. I, yeah. I, I didn't know this. And so the, for, well, I, I love to give credit to Kay Fairchild, our, our yes. common coach within the Tom Ferry network. Um, this is really cool. Um, this makes me want to go down to 
Gainesville and spend a little time down there. Yeah, I like this. <laughs> yeah, we would have a lot of fun. <laughs> well, definitely. Um, we are planning a trip to Florida here very soon. Uh, it's on the east side, but I think we'll find a way to get to Gainesville. All right. Okay. Anytime, anytime. You're more than welcome to come by. Love it. So you 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 go within the Tom Ferry Network and you find a coach. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. Let's talk about life before having a coach and life after. Like, what did it look like before having a coach? Were you kind of like, what, what were you doing to grow your business? And like, I'd love to know that. So um, I'll back up a little bit. So when I, before I got into real estate, I was working at the University of Florida and I'm new to Florida. So I didn't know anybody except for the people I worked with, which was a bunch of little old ladies at UF who are about to retire in another five years or so. And so I'm surrounded by all these ladies and I realized there wasn't enough growth there. So I ended up taking the dive into real estate at the time. And I thought I knew that I could grow the business fairly quickly and easily, but I realized that I was going in too many directions. So I was doing open houses over here. I was doing online marketing over here. I was calling Fizbos. I was doing everything, but nothing was consistent more than a week. So okay. I wasn't getting a lot of business. Um, but during that first year, I knew I needed some kind of mentorship. And uh, <laughs> this, uh, I'll give her credit. Her name's Heather Damron and great lady. She's been in real estate for a long time. She's, she knows Gainesville like the back of her hand. She's been in all kinds of industries. Okay. And she gave me actually my second deal ever, my first residential home, but my second deal ever. And it was a learning experience. And she helped me through the whole thing. She was actually on the other side of the deal. She was the listing agent and she had a buyer she couldn't accommodate. So she's like, hey, can you help help them out? Really? And uh, yeah, that's how I learned how to do real estate, my first deal. And um, so she was a big help my first year. And then I was still all over the place. You know, I didn't have someone who was like, hey, you need to concentrate on one thing, get really good at it. And then you can move to the next thing. And that wasn't until... I went to Sales Edge when Tom Ferry had that at the time. Okay, yep. And Bill Pipes was there. And, you know, we, you know, I was just in shock. I was like, man, this guy's amazing. Like, if you could do real estate this easy, I'm all in. And uh, right after that, uh, three months later, we started turning like one, two deals a month. And then Melissa and I went a whole year without true coaching, but we were just going in the Tom Ferry network, YouTubes and everything like that. Yeah. And we get to summit at the end of the year, <clears throat> my second year, and we have, I don't know, $3,000 in our bank account. And we're in uh, Anaheim, California. And, you know, they had this program up elite coaching. And so we were like, oh, man, that's a lot. I don't know. And then they had the guarantee and we're like, all right, let's do it. We paid for that. And we both looked at each other and we're like, we should cancel. We need to get our money back. How are we going to get home? You know, we're just freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> But we knew deep down that we needed some guidance. We needed someone to kind of show us the ropes and just get us to focus. And as Kay says, you know, she's my second coach now. Okay. And Kay always tells us we're thoroughbred horses. You know, we can just go, 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 go. We, we can do it. It's just getting that horse to focus. And, you know, once you get us focused in the right direction, we kill it. I love the story. And then, so when you, when you guys were out in summit and you, you know, you saw the price tag for the investment that you're going to make in yourselves. So yeah. when you and Melissa, you know, said, Hey, my gosh, we're going to spend this on a monthly basis, but they're given yep. a guarantee that if we don't hit these numbers, I think that's how they do that 
or at least that's what I recall. Yeah. And, <laughs> but you guys like went all in and you stayed consistent. Yes. So you had a coach that it's not K, but you, you won in the Tom Ferry Network. You were already listening to him and watching the podcast and, and probably yeah. getting some stuff from it. And like, what, what did you do consist, consistently to start growing the business? So after we got our first coach, uh, the first thing that we did, because we didn't have a lot of money, you know, we only had 3000 and we spent half of it on coaching. Mm. Uh, we got back and we met our coach on, on Zoom and he's like, what have you been doing so far? And we kind of dived into our business and it, we did mostly open houses. It's cheap, it's free, and you can build up your skills and meet a lot of people. Since we didn't know anyone, we were able to, I mean, we were doing six to eight open houses every weekend between the two of us. Were you guys going to other agents and saying, hey, can I host your open house? Yes. Do you, everyone in our Everybody watching this, like it's one of the, it's one of the most simple things to really go out there and help grow your network because yep. you build a relationship with that agent mm -hmm. and most are so afraid to do this and it's crazy inexpensive and nobody wants to do open houses so we were like okay we'll do all the open houses in our brokerage and at the time the broker that we were at they were the number one in the area okay and they had anywhere between 40 and 50 listings so we were like we'll do as many as you allow us to do we even did some on Thursdays, some Fridays. It didn't matter. We were just trying to get people into our database, meet people, connect, also learn the area because we're new to Gainesville. And so it kind of forced us out into the community. And we knew that if we can get connected and talk to someone, we could probably sell them something within six months. And after we, we mastered the open house and we got a little too busy, we kind of backed off a little bit. But just off of open houses, our first year with a coach, we did about five to six million dollars in gross sales, nice. and we walked away with uh, probably about a hundred and fifty thousand, something like that. Okay, I think, I think that comes out to in this area. I think it was like twenty five deals. Okay, so that was pretty sweet. Um, and then we did a little bit of dabbling in the marketing. We did a lot of. We started doing more YouTube's, <clears throat> or not YouTube videos, but Facebook and okay. Instagram. And we would just take funny videos. We would go to Starbucks and we would record ourselves going to Starbucks and people loved it. It wasn't even thinking about real estate. People just wanted to know what we were doing because we were always doing something. Yeah. And that helped catapult our second year as the Curlings Group. And that year we ended up doing it close to about $10 million in sales, uh, about 48 sales that year. And um and we just, Melissa kept going, doing the social media. I got too busy with the back end stuff. So I, I jump in here and there, but she's all social media. You see her posting pictures, videos, yeah. and she, she's amazing when it comes to that. that. This is great to hear. So doing about 10 million, 48 deals, like wh where'd, where'd you go from there? So as we progress. Melissa and I started like dabbling, bringing some friends in or agents to kind of help out. And we were just tripping and learning. And our coach was guiding us through it. He, he was basically letting us test the waters ourselves before giving us advice. Okay. And there's nothing wrong with that. He just, he knew we weren't fully there yet. And we were trying to figure out what we wanted in a team. And um, so that happened for about a year, uh, but we still continue to do our sales. So the year after that, we ended up doing like 15 million in sales. 
and that's what year four, year five, somewhere around there. And at this point, we got into a comfortable state with uh, ourselves because we we're like, okay, we're my wife is now 27 and I'm 30. So okay. we're, very, we're very young. And when we accumulated all this business and all this money, we're like, okay, this is a lot for a young person. What are we supposed to do with this? Yeah. And so we went through a little transition for ourselves on like, okay, we got to start thinking about retirements and investings and stuff like that. Um, so that's all going on at the same time. And we ended up doing our first hire was a transaction coordinator. And okay. that took so much time off of our plates <laughs> and it was such a big help. We were able to do another, almost another $5 million in business because of her taking that responsibility off of our plates. Um, well, so just think about that. And if everybody out there, like I like to call, um, and this is not being disrespectful to that position. There's pay time and no pay time. So there's a lot of things that can be done by others that are not necessarily revenue driving activities, but also they're revenue supporting. So the fact that you went out and hired that TC and then you were able to jump up at 5 million, do you think that paid for itself like a boat load times over and over and over and over and over? 10 times. And... <laughs> And what's what's crazy as well with that is that she's so good at her job, we ended up pushing her to start her own business for transaction coordinating. And so, she, you know, we help her with that. And so she's starting to build that out this year. Okay. And, you know, we've already been pushing her name out there and she's she's going to crush it in her new business while still helping us with our business. That's great. So you're basically, uh, you know, 1099 and her to do these transactions for you uh, so that this can support the, the growth of your business while she's building something that right. I love it. Yep. And our, our, our mindset, and this kind of pours into our team too. We, there's nothing wrong with other models, but our model is we want to bring on agents and we want to build their business while still representing the curlings group itself. So <laughs> our splits are more generous than most people but it's because they're putting their own money, you know, into their own business and generating, you know, their business. And we, we like the supporting role of helping people grow. And so, you know, we pass that on to, you know, our transaction coordinator right now, we're helping, you know, our friend, she's, she has her own hairdressing, uh, hair salon okay. so helping her with that. And so, you know, we're, we like to help our friends and also our community. So we always like to pour back into people. I mean, just a great way of um, that giving attitude mentality, just helping other people. You get rewarded so many fold by doing those types of things, Paul. When I'd obviously we we I, I I get to see it on your social media, which is pretty cool. So you're you're out there and you're now you're growing your team, okay? <clears throat> and like, what does that? What does your team look like right now? And what do you hope it to look like in a year from now? So right now it is my wife, Melissa, myself, and Nick. And okay. Nick is a really good friend of ours. He's been with us for about two years now. Okay. Um, and so it's just us three selling real estate. We just brought on a showing agent and we have another agent joining us in about a week. So I would say about that's five people on the okay. team so far. Uh, the goal is to get a minimum of 10 agents within the year. 
all of us produce an, at least a minimum of $5 million a year, which is roughly about 25 transactions per agent. Mm -hmm. And the goal is to not stay in Gainesville, but once we get Gainesville to at least $100 million in sales, our goal is to start expanding into uh, Ocala, Tampa, and Orlando. But we don't want to go so fast that we can't keep up with you know, our growth. That's yeah. why we're like, okay, milestones. We got to get agents to a certain level, and then we can go ahead and expand. Um, because we want to make sure every agent on our team knows exactly how to sell real estate and also how to manage their own business. And we we just want to get to that point, those milestones before we start expanding. And then five years down the road, I'll go even there. We yeah. want to be in Maryland, back in our home state, and also Virginia, which is where I'm from. Good deal. So what part of Virginia are you from? Uh, so we're from Manassas, or I'm from Manassas, okay. uh, Virginia. And I've I've lived in Richmond, Louisa, all over the place there. So, and same with you. Uh, have some relatives in Woodbridge, Virginia. That's so not too terribly far away. <laughs> They're the ones that made me, uh, they forced me to become a Redskin fan growing up. So, um, typical, typical, you know, <laughs> I season tickets for many, many years and then they changed their name and I, um, no longer that fan. So anyway, yeah. I uh, happen to a lot of people. <laughs> Uh, so that's that's cool. So to, then you want to be able to do some expansion teams in, in these other areas, Virginia, Maryland, um, and that's within five years. And here's the interesting thing is that a lot of people um, underestimate what it takes to get there um, yes. in the short term, but they – so you, you're being coached, which is beautiful, okay? Like – what, what do you think are the barriers to getting to expansion teams for you and Melissa? Like, what do you think is that big thing that's preventing you from doing that other than production right now? Right. Um, I think I'll, right now our biggest challenge is building out our backend systems mm. um, and our hiring process. So, I mean, we, we brought in a couple agents, but, you know, they're people that we know in our sphere, they're friends. So they understand that we're growing. So, um, but if I am going to Ocala and I need a, to meet agents out there that I have no idea I've met before. I have to have something to provide to them so they can at least be like, okay, this guy's legit. He's not just going over here, blowing smoke. Yeah. You know? So that's, that's our challenge right now. And I know it's going to take some time. And I think once we get our backend systems to a certain point that we're comfortable, because they're never going to be perfect. You're always going to change. The industry is always changing. Mm -hmm. I think once we get our backend system and the team in Gainesville, our main hub stabilized and producing at a certain level, then we'll be able to start jumping around and expanding these other companies very, very quickly. Good deal. I, I think that one of the things that you're, you're talking about um, that I just maybe want to share a little bit, agent count, like mm -hmm. agent count is, is really critically important. And okay. like, I'll share with you and be very vulnerable here and saying, um, I, I was so, I was so, um, like I just wanted to build SEAL teams, very, very high performing sales teams. Yes. And it's a great, it's a great philosophy until two or three people walk out your door because it does happen. And you're like, oh, I just lost 35% lost of my revenue. But if I had 20 agents and, and three people walk out, I'm like, okay, just always be recruiting. So we changed our philosophy to go after pretty significant agent count. Yeah. And I just want to maybe, um, help it, you out there because there's ways to get there pretty quick 
And I, I, I agree. And I, and I've seen that change with you as well. So when I saw you on that podcast seven years ago, and if it's okay, I'll, I'll say his name, Joshua Smith's podcast way, way back then you were like seal team. And I was like, man, this guy just got me pumped. And now you've taken a little different approach and it's, you know, it's actually very inspiring because, you know, I'm, I'm watching you grow into this person who is like, okay, I want to help as many people as possible. I want to grow a team that, you know, it's not just for myself, but for my agents to basically help each other, you know? And like you said, when you have a small team of like five to 10, when you lose your key players who are really big role models, you know, who's going to be helping guide, mentor your other agents that are on the team and how are you going to keep growing? You, you know, you have to replace them very quickly to go to the next, next level. Yeah. And, and you talk about the, you know, building the back end systems, because that's critical too. And, you know, I've been very fortunate to have Sarah join our team a, a few years ago, a little bit more than a few years ago now, and really implement the things necessary to be able to, uh, you know, hate to say it, but next one's up, you know, um, we, we lose somebody. Okay. That, that happens in this business, unfortunately. I, I never used to think that happened up until a few years ago. And then, you know, it certainly happened a little bit more than <laughs> I anticipated, but it's okay because we're just going to move on and, uh, you know, next next person up. And I, and I think everyone has to go through that transition stage. So the broker I was with first, you know, she had a small knit 15 agents. Now she's got 60 agents. Because during that time, you know, some big hitters left because they are like, oh, the grass is greener over here. or This fits better for my family or yeah. whatever the reason is. You can't control people's lives. You know, things happen. So I think she realized the same thing that you did. And also I learned from her and also, you know, my when I had a couple agents on my team for the first couple of years, they left. And I was like, oh, shoot, <laughs> I got to go find more people. So, you know, you go through that little growth pain. Yeah, um, just change the mindset to always be recruiting. And again, when we put our mind to it, we're extremely successful. When we stop like having that mindset, we, we, we certainly don't want to attract agents into our world. But when we change our mind and just say, you know what, we're, we want we want more of the right people and mm -hmm. let's grow this massively. And that's on a trajectory, like we're on that trajectory right now with just really bringing a lot of um, licensed agents in and also new to new to real estate, but have sales, um, have a, an incredible sales aptitude um, right. for success on our team. So, yeah. And, um, and the other thing that we push on our team is real estate is cyclical. So you have your high years, you have your low years, you know, it, you've been in this long enough to know this. We are just now going through a tr my first transition, you know, so that's, it's a little different. And it's, honestly, it's not bad at all. It's actually very, very nice that everything's leveled out. But we we do push our, our agent, Nick, and we're starting to tell agents who are coming onto our team, hey, yes, Real, our new broker, has these other revenue streams that we can build out. Great. Mm -hmm. But you need to get another revenue stream. You're in real estate. Let's get some rentals. Let's get some investments going on. And we'll go in those deals with you. So present it to us. Since you're nervous about the first one, we'll guide you through the first one. If you want us to join in, we'll help you with the, you know, the financial part, too. I love that. So you're, you're going all in with your team members to help them grow their business. In turn, they ask, you ask them to help you grow, help them grow your, you know, your brand and business. So it's a, everybody's working together for this common goal. Um, and then also the wealth building component aspect as well. 
where you're helping them actually, you know, buy rentals or buy investment properties. Um, I, I love this. Like you just, Paul, you and Melissa continue to do this. You'll be rewarded many, many fold. And I'm excited to see this beautiful journey that you guys are on. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> Appreciate it. All right. So we had this long, long honeymoon. And then we, you know, started this, not we, but you, you and Melissa started this, uh, this, uh, the curlings group. And now you're growing and you have your five-year plan, which is having you up in Maryland, Virginia, other places throughout, throughout Florida. Um, when you're growing your business, what does that avatar look like? What does that agent look like that you're seeking to help them grow their business and, and also grow your business? The number one thing that we've been looking for is coachable. Uh, we learned very on with our few agents that, you know, we had to go our separate ways because they weren't coachable. Mm. And you have to have that mindset that you're always going to be learning. You're always, even if you're producing 30, $50 million as a single agent, you are still learning. And, you know, we, we want someone who's coachable, but also at the same time, who's going to be disciplined enough that they are going to can be consistent with whatever tasks that they have, you know, made themselves. So if I'm going to do open houses, I'm going to do open houses for at least 90 days to see how it goes. You know, we want agents to be like that, be consistent like that. Yes, we'll keep you accountable. I mean, everyone drops the ball, but we, we want someone who's at least trying. Um, and I know that's going to change. The avatar is going to change right now. It's just something very simple for us. Um, and then as we start bringing in more and more agents, we'll start to refine that. Like, Hey, we want someone who's been in the business for three years, you know, has a little experience so we don't have to train them on, on contracts. Yeah. But as of right now, we're still dabbling on all of it, but we just, those are the two things that we're looking at discipline and coachability. I think those are two, um, critical components to any team the the coachability uh the discipline and then again the be the ability to be held accountable and then help help each other hold each other accountable right right so that's i, I love that um so you're let's talk about like maybe some failures that you guys have had because i think that's important and again i'm willing to disclose all my uh, foolishness and failures, but let, let's talk about some failures that really helped shape you and Melissa in business. Oof. Um, this is, this is, I mean, we haven't had anything that was super major in our career that okay. has really affected us and changed our tra trajectory of what we wanted. Um, we're very, very easygoing people and I'm a very, I'm the type of person who's always has a plan A, B, C, D, and E. Mm. And my wife, you know, she just kind of is like, okay, sounds good. Let's just, she, she is such a salesperson and she's so driven. She's like, let's just go. And I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. So there's a lot of precautions due to myself, but we also do a lot of collaborating every week on Sunday. Um, okay. So we're always on top of things. We always know what's going on. Um, I will say that uh i'll, I'll kind of explain a little bit of how we do some of our business here in town so i i realized my first year that a lot of agents were leaving a lot of business on the table and 
And the way they were leaving business on the table is that they weren't offering any advice or help to sellers who didn't have the financial means to make certain repairs in order to put their house on the market. Mm. So I'm very handy. So I would be like, hey, instead of you know doing the typical 6%, let's do 8%. I will do all these repairs. You don't yeah. have to pay anything up front. And then at, at the closing table, you will compensate me for my time and all the expenses that I, I incurred. Yeah. Um, that was amazing. It, it took off and we realized probably by the 20th one that we did that we needed more protection on ourselves because there were scenarios that we saw like, oh, dang, what if they cancel the contract and never pay it? <laughs> you know, so we started to change our verbiage. So there were things that we caught in time yeah. during scenarios that got a little iffy, but at the end of the day, it ended up working out. So yeah. I would say that was one of the things that we did learn pretty quickly, probably year two of starting a program like that. I love it. We, we do a ton of that. Um, we do a lot of do a lot of novations and um, like wholesale um, retail. We'll put a home under contract as an investor. So I'm not licensed, um, makes it a hell of a lot easier, but I'll put a home under contract, uh, have an equitable interest in the property, and then we'll market it and do a novation. It will transfer directly from our the current deeded owner to our new buyer. And then that 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 way you, you create, you know, 10 to 50% to listings. Um, and you're bringing a ton of value. And then we also do a lot of like uh, two-way streets where it's not just we get the only upside, we create more revenue or proceeds for the, for the seller as well. And saying, hey, we're guaranteeing you X, but if we sell it for, you know, 350 and we only had to put 10K into it, then yep. we'll define that for them. And they're like, oh my gosh, this works out beautifully. Yep. So it's, it's a mindset that most, realtors cannot wrap their lid around mm -hmm. they're they're so stuck in the um the corporatized mentality of oh we can only list this house i have to do x percent yeah. and they they really um they, quite frankly most of them put themselves out of business they do i i've we've gotten listings uh from other agents because the seller ended up canceling it's like hey this is He's not being flexible. He's not being creative. And then here we come with all our creativity because we're young. We're like, what do we have to lose? Let's let's do this. Yeah. And we've gotten a lot of listings. We just closed one yesterday where uh, the agent couldn't sell it at two fifty, even though he had an offer. And there were some issues with like a porch being permanent. And we were like, why don't you just disclose it up front? And so we got the listing. We did our marketing. We ended up getting eighteen offers on the house. They signed off on the permit. They were like, we don't care about the porch. And we closed with $25,000 more in her pocket, just from a little flexibility, a little creativity. And, yeah. you know, as long as you're open-minded to these things, it's, it, it's honestly, I don't want to say it's easy, but it's, it's fairly easy to, yeah. to do. You don't want to say it's easy, but it really is easy. And it's really yeah. because of the mind, uh, mind shift that you've that you've done with both you and Melissa, where you're saying, "Hey, let's just look at it a little bit differently," versus getting so caught up in, you know, I have to do it this way because my real estate course says this is the way I have to do it. <laughs> and again, if if you really go back to those real estate courses, and I, I I took it, I'm like I'm not licensed, but I wanted to see how long it could do, how long it would take to do the 75 hour course. If I'm going to ask somebody to you know invest them in the, in the course themselves, right. um, and I did it like in three and a half days, 
So I know that if I can do it in three and a half days and pass that stinking test, and I'm not a great test taker, then I know somebody that has at least somewhat of a commitment, they can get through it within a couple of weeks and certainly a month. But that test or those classes, you use maybe 5% of that actually in, in real estate sales. And, you know, these people get licensed, they get into the industry and they're like, oh my gosh, well, I took this test. I took all this, all these courses and now I know everything. And man, that's the, I think that's the thing that um, prevents people from being potentially coachable because they get in there, they think they know it all. And then you, you have sellers that, oh, well, and we just had this uh, happen here. Paul was, was very interesting. Uh, home on the market. It's probably a $400,000 house and in our market, like that's a, that's above our average. And, um, you know, the agent came in with his iPhone four and took photos. I mean, he had took a great photo of the toilet and, and marketed this thing and didn't sell. I'm like, yeah. I mean, I love these people that do this stuff. <laughs> yeah. And it, and it does make our job easier, but when you change the mindset, like you guys have done, mm-hmm. uh, there's very few people in your market or any market offering these, like some people call it a concierge service or some type of a, uh, a fix for you flip funding so i love we call it. it we call it the curlings concierge service now <laughs> someone in uh, the tom ferry network that we were we saw them doing the same thing in washington state and we're like concierge curlings concierge that's it we're that's the new program <laughs> yeah and, and that's and that's the nice thing of having you know a network you know any network this doesn't have to be tom ferry but you know you get into these networks and if you start networking and talking to people and just being there you're going to learn so much that's going to save you a lot of headaches, a lot of hassle, and you're going to be able to do what you want. And you have other ideas and tools in your tool belt that you can just pull out and be like, yeah, I got your solution right here. And then having that, that solution mindset for your clients, like who've had an expired listing or had something that didn't sell because of X. And you're just, you come into it with this mindset and going, Hey, we got you. Like, better understand exactly what they're looking for. This is, this could be the way that we, that we structure this mm-hmm. and having those conversations just makes you so much more valuable because you're providing this incredible service mm-hmm. to your clients that nobody, like somebody didn't take the time to understand because yep. there's other people in your market that are offering this just very few yeah. are right. Are. Mm-hmm. So they're having some type of a concierge service, but um there's so many people that go out on a listing appointment and they go and they just list it because Mr. or Mrs. Seller said, I think my house is worth 400,000. And they go, okay, let's, let's sign it up. And it's really like a 285 house. They're like, okay, six months on the market doesn't sell. You call and say, probably get you somewhere in the, you know, where it's supposed to be. Right now they're so frustrated but you're the, you're the lifesaver for them. And I, I love that you guys are doing that. And, and what happens to it, it comes back tenfold. So since we, since those open houses that we did five, seven years ago, we did so many, we, we did, we met a lot of people and we did really good business for those customers. And I, I love our customers. And now our business is about 70% referral base from our past clients because of all the value that we brought to them and we still bring to them you know, during our, you know, quarter events or just, Hey, how's everything going? How are the kids? You know, we still bring value, even though we've sold them the house or we listed their house and got it sold. And they, 
they just refer us left and right. And it's, it's amazing. I love that they do that. And, you know, that's what motivates us to keep going and keeps, you know, providing that type of service to our customers. So I, I aspire to, uh, for that 70% referral business, cause we're nowhere near that. Um, I, I love that you guys are doing that and like you guys are doing quarterly events for your clients, correct? Yeah. What, what, what do some of those look like? Blueberry picking is one of them. So we have a little blueberry farm. Um, that's what we're going to try to do next year. Uh, we've done it with previous brokerages. It was a big hit. Uh, we've done Cocoa with Santa. So we'll grab a listing. We'll I'll dress up in Santa, the costume, and we'll go out there. We'll give people uh, cocoa, give them some poinsettias. Everyone gets a picture with Santa Claus for the holidays. And then uh, we've done ice cream drives. We've done, uh, yeah, we've done so many. Uh, we, we rented out a theater last year. So, I mean, we, we do these little events and it's just to give back. And during those times, you get to connect with people, see how people are doing. And also on top of it, we tell them, invite their friends yeah. or we just invite people who we just met at an open house or just down the street, like, hey, we're having this event. Just come check it out. Hang out with the, the Curlings family. And, you know, let's see, see if you want to hang out with us some more. And, you know, that's just, we, we keep it very casual. And we're in a market, at least Gainesville, and it's a growing market. Gainesville, I project it's going to be like Orlando in the next five years. Wow. But it still has a small town mentality and feels. So I can literally meet anyone in town by talking to three people. And, you know, when you start having your customers talking, everyone knows about you at that point. And yeah. then you're doing social media. So people start checking up on you. We went to a listing appointment yesterday and the lady's like, yeah, I, I, I went on Gainesville word of mouth on this Facebook group. And I just want to see who are the realtors in town. So she searched realtors and my wife pops up and she, she used to do this for me, but now she's the only one that pops up in there. The team supports her, our customer supporter. And she popped up four months ago. And then the lady told us that she did this again, three months later, just to make sure that it wasn't just some fluke. And there's Melissa again on every single post. And so she already had in her idea or in her mind that, this is, this is my girl. This is who I want to sell my house with. And then she starts checking in on our Facebook page, our personal pages. Like, oh, they are selling real estate. Oh, they just went on a three-month honeymoon. Like, who, who does that? And they're still selling real estate. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, it creates this nice uh, atmosphere and people get really intrigued. And then, you know, we also don't take it for granted. So, you know, a lot of agents, when they see a post on Facebook and they're like, I'm looking for a realtor to sell my home. Everyone goes and goes, pick me, pick me, pick me. But then you have my wife who's like, I want to interview for the job. You know, I know I'm competing with other people. I want to earn your business. And it's just a different approach. It's not like, hey, I'm the person. You have to pick me. It's like, what can I do to earn that business and to prove that I am the one that can sell your home? Man, I just learned a ton from what I just heard right now. Um, my big takeaway is a couple of things here. I would like to interview for the job versus every referral that you see in our world. I'm the one, I'm the one, I'm the one. Um, okay. Anyway, I love what she, what she's doing. That's beautiful. And then the events, like we have this place not too far away called blueberry Hill. And you know, that's coming up in blue. Cause I have blueberries on my farm. Um, we have, crazy strawberries right now it's just beautiful to see the strawberries but blueberries 
I see the, I see those blueberries starting to form now on, on my blueberry bushes. Yeah, <laughs> we should do that event. Yeah, uh, we need to make that happen. I love that. Definitely. So these cool. these events, that's simple, right? Very simple, and it's and it's not very expensive either. If you invite, you know, a couple of vendors to help out with the cost, I mean, it's it's honestly at the end of the day, it's very minuscule by all the smiles and you know everyone that you get to see, and that's actually kind of tailors to what we're doing now. So we are building a home on a, on eight acres and our goal and my dream is to have events there <clears throat> and not just for our past clients, you know, to come out and have a little farm to table type feel and maybe do some picking and stuff like that. But at the end of the year, I have a dream of basically giving back to the community. So like first responders, I want to invite everyone from the police station to come in for a big barbecue. Like, Hey, we just, you know, uh, we have a bunch of extra, I don't know how, <laughs> but anyway, so we, we have a bunch of extra pork. So let's have a big barbecue. Let's everyone come over. Let's feed, you know, a hundred officers, you know, this year and the next year, maybe for nurses and this department, like I want to give back in that way. And this idea wasn't just mine. I, I saw this guy in Texas who has a ranch and he actually just does this once a year to first responders. And I was like, that's awesome. I can do the same thing here on my little homestead. And also I can bring my clients over too to enjoy this, you know, harvest. Wow, you're getting me to think here a ton. Hmm. I'm super, we're super private people. I don't know if I want all these people on my farm, <laughs> but um, you know what? Maybe no, I, I, I feel you. <laughs> Yeah, uh, at least at an event place that like, but I love what you're doing in the mindset there. That's that's incredible. Wow, love this. So I'm I'm gonna challenge you on something. You started your business with open houses, mm -hmm. and you know as you grow your business, sometimes we get away from stuff that really separated us in the beginning. Yes, I'm gonna challenge you as you bring new members on to challenge them host open houses from your brokerage and other people's brokerages because most agents that do listings do what you've done you got <laughs> probably gotten away from it a little bit right oh yeah oh yeah you get too busy you're like i can't do eight open houses this weekend but we do we do make it a point so melissa and i yes we have gotten to a point where we don't need to do open houses but we that, do force that's ourselves. it that's it right there you don't need to right but it'd be awesome if you did, or you had your agents doing them, yep. right? So we have, we host at least one open house a weekend uh, amongst the three of us. And usually we end up doing about four to six every single month amongst the three of us, which is still good. You know, that's, and, that's solid. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so we didn't get too far off of it, but it is, it is significantly less than doing six to eight every weekend. Every so. weekend, right? Yeah. <laughs> So six to eight a month versus six to eight every weekend. But now you're building this team that you have the you'll have the team members to be able to host these open houses, which will create more listing opportunities for you guys. Right. Um, that's how that growth happens. Yep. And there's and like I said earlier, you can always fine tune and make things better. And since we've been in the industry long enough, we realized we left a lot of business on the table from the open houses. You know, I had Coach K. She actually is like, you know. You can do an open house the way you're doing it, but have you thought about door knocking the 10 to the left, 10 to the right and 20 across? And I was like, that's pretty cool how you said that. Yeah. And so that's something that you can implement into open houses and get more listings besides just putting signs out, do a little advertising and, you know, hope for the best. 
And I was like, that's awesome. So okay. you can get more quality into one open house than doing multiple. So remember, it's, um, I used to talk about, so I, I ran some big uh, fundraiser golf tournaments. And a lot of people always said, you know, if, if we raise five or 10,000 from this thing, this is going to be great. And I said, it takes the same amount of energy to raise 100K at a golf tournament as it does five or 10,000. So we changed mindset and we started hitting 100K plus. So think about this open house, same energy and effort. Why not have your team members go down and introduce folks to give them home bot and then give them a CMA and say, can you That's believe it. what happened to your home? And they're mm -hmm. like, what do you mean? <laughs> From last year, this year X, and you can, there's public records can, sh it can show uh, information on uh, their mortgage and everything else and say, you gained $47,000 worth of equity in the last year. Wow. And then, so instead of just knocking on the door, you're giving some additional value and then you invite them for half an hour ahead of, and you have some, uh, your, your vendor there, your lender, and they, uh, they put a food truck out there. And now, now all of a sudden you have a mega open house and you're creating more relationships. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. I like that. I, I'm learning a ton here, Paul. This is beautiful. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, thank you. No, thank you. Thank you. This is great. Uh, is there anything else you want to share with those out there about like what, what it is Paul and Melissa are doing with the curlings group? Oh man. Um, like, like we said, you know, we're, our goal is not to, you know, build this business just to rake in all this money. Our goal is to actually help people. And, mm -hmm. you know, if you come into the mindset of helping people in any industry, not just real estate, you are going to be successful. And if you're just giving and giving and giving, just like, Gary V would say, you know, just give, 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 jab, 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 and then do the hook. You know, that's the same thing with this industry, same with every industry. And as long as you're being genuine and you care about people and you're trying to help people, I think you'll be perfectly fine. You're going to, the sky's the limit. And that's how we treat our team agents, our team, and also our vendors and our friends. I love it. So you guys are growing your business. And if there's those out there in the Gainesville area that are looking for, uh, incredible leadership that have a giving mentality attitude uh, to help you grow your business, you know, please hit up Paul and Melissa because the, the, the curlings group is going, going places, uh, not just in Gainesville. Right. That's right. That's, That's right. Good. Thank you, Jack. I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm super grateful that you joined me today, Paul. Um, if you, if this helped you, please like, subscribe, share, comment. And again, Paul Curlings down in Gainesville, Florida. Melissa, we missed you, but guess what? You can watch, okay? <laughs> That's right. And again, thank you, Jack. You've, you've been amazing. And I, I think everyone should watch your podcast or at least pay attention to what you're doing. You're doing a lot of good stuff. Appreciate that there, Paul. Hey, everybody, you make the day great.